your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right. Oh. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM of Friday, 608 785 7914 is the talking text line. UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski in here. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Uh, a health briefing today. Health briefing. From the Lacrosse County Health Department and its, what is it, the COVID 19 Collaborative? The Collaborative. It was the Cooley COVID 19 Collaborative. The triple C, I three called it. C. C squared. What do we want to do? <laughs> three the three C's? Yeah. Yeah. Even though none of them are. Plus Aaron Engel. Plus Aaron Engel. And there was supposed to be a local business rep, but there wasn't. So they, um, Yeah, I, I felt like Dr. Engel, Dr. Superintendent Aaron Engel, it's confusing because when you talk about doctors and health and then you throw a doctor <laughs> like school like in there. My type it's of kinda doctor. Like, yeah, yeah. Throwing a, it's kind of like throwing the. Uh, like, do not ask me for medical advice. Right. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you could no. Um, he was he's he's got a pretty informed look on on what the school system oh, is absolutely. doing. Oh, absolutely. And then everyone else has kind of got to walk on glass a little bit. They Not, were really they were really tiptoeing when it came to the wrestling event at the lacrosse center this weekend, yeah. which apparently moved from Rochester. Yeah, that was interesting. That was an interesting tidbit is that Rochester is like, no way, we're not having this. I don't know if that was the case, but that seems like it's the case. Nope. And then uh, lacrosse, hey, we got this new lacrosse center. We'll take it. Yeah, and the media folks on the call today were asking, well, shouldn't they have masks at the lacrosse center event? Shouldn't they be requiring this? And that provided some entertaining tiptoeing like you said rick like not wanting to criticize the lacrosse center but also not wanting to tell people that you should just show up and take no precautions yeah and then it's like hey doctors you're all recommending masks but you won't say where you know you won't just say hey you gotta have a mask yeah on this it was kind of funny actually yeah and man we gotta we gotta be careful here because if we do a show on masks again oh no, oh, no. i'm gonna reach over there no. and start strangle you for even bringing it up rick can you get this yesterday dane county board meeting over four hours of hearings county on a board mask or school board. The county board for Dane County. Can you imagine just the torture that that must have been? Four hours. That's a parks. In January of 2022. That's a parks and recreation episode. That yes. show, Parks and Recreation. That's definitely what that is. Forget like, like waterboarding. Just make someone watch that county board hearing if you want to torment them. It's called county boarding. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Hey, so uh, do we do, do? I don't know if I talked with Sarah Gadluski yesterday about Cat Talk Radio. Cat, yeah, Cat, Cat Talk PM. We, we to need to get her on the record about this. Yeah, I don't think I did, so I can't say the streak is five days in a row of Cat Talk PM, <laughs> but it could be four out of five. We were on a streak about water towers for a long time, and now it's cats. Yeah, that was like three weeks in a row, three Fridays in a row of water tower talk. Um, the corn on the cob, Rochester being the greatest water tower in all of the nation, right? I think was part of that talk. But 
Um, Cat Talk Radio. So it's going to continue on Tuesday because I'm having Peter Mara on with me. He's okay. a Georgetown uh, a professor, and he's oh, pretty, he's big time. And it will be some more anti-cat talk, I believe, because he's pro bird. Ah, oh. it's funny because we're bringing in pro cat, yeah, uh, entities into these discussions. Hey, these people love cats. This is this is. I mean, if you want to go to the very basic thing, okay. So we should probably start over. Uh, the county, the the city council, if nobody's heard this, wants to change the way they deal with feral cats. So they changed the wording in the city ordinance to call, and they called it a community. They want us. They call it community cats, and we're gonna we're gonna take it's these gonna be co- the community cat community cat collaborative. <laughs> Triple C. Three C. We're going to take the community cats. We're going to spay and neuter them. We're going to clip their ears so you know they've been spay and neutered, and we're going to vaccinate them. Nobody's. First of all, is the city going to? Is the city council meeting going to be flooded with anti-vaxxers? Yeah. And they're like, hey, we can't. We, we don't know what's in these vaccines. We cannot give these cats vaccines. Nobody complains about this. Yeah. What happens to these cats once they get the vaccine? We're going to know. Ex- because we're not microchipping them. Seems no. weird that we're not microchipping the cats, which means probably microchips are in these vaccines. They already know where the cats are. This is maybe how the pro-bird side can win the debate here, make an alliance with the anti-vaxxers. Yes, I don't know why they haven't started yet. So anyway, but so we're going to spay and neuter the cats. We're going to vaccinate them for rabies. So the Humane Society uh, executive director said that it was v- uh, rabies and distemper, but distemper isn't in the city ordinance, so not distemper, just rabies. And then we're going to clip their ears so we know if they've gone through the process. Then we're going to put the cats back out on the streets. Yeah. And then people are like, like uh, yeah, everybody loves a nice and it, so thirty times the word, the phrase community cats is in the ordinance. Mm-hmm. The Cooley Region Humane Society director says these are feral cats. We're just taking in feral cats. We're no longer euthanizing them. We're just going to let them go. Right. Feral cats isn't in the city ordinance even once. It's never even mentioned. So this is propaganda. This is like (laughs) on a very basic scale. This is like city council cat propaganda. Yeah, it is really spearheaded by the Cooley Region Humane Society, right? Are they the ones who got the ball rolling on this? I think there's some there's some pro cat groups. The pro cat propaganda, there, and they they were at. I, I believe there was one at the meeting, uh, the committee meeting. Because it sounds like there's some financial backing behind this. The Cooley Region Humane Society said that they will fund it along with some of their contributors. Yeah, that's that's uh, Big Cat. Big I Cat, think. <laughs> not the construction company. I think that's called Big Cat as well. Uh, but also just the, the, the cat industrial. Like complex. there's Big Oil. Yeah, we've talked about Big Chicken in the past. Yep. And now there's Big Cat. Speaking of Big Chicken. Mayor Mitch Reynolds is going to be on Monday. I sent him this story. I just thought of it. I don't have it in front of me, but Kentucky Fried Chicken, I think, is going to have meatless chicken right. coming out Monday, Yep. the same day that Mayor Mitch Reynolds is coming in. Taste so we, test. We might be doing KFC meatless taste tests on Monday. Sounds I don't know. good. I, I'll have to now, see is, what's in the wisdom budget. Is number three going to throw in some beer and Captain Morgan? Well, I think number three could drop off some of the stuff. I was hoping he could, um, but if nothing else, yeah, we'll have uh, – we'll, I'll see what's in the wisdom budget. The budget's not huge, but I think maybe a five dollar uh, KFC to go box. I can I think, handle that, and me and Mitch can share it. <laughs> Something like that. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. We're gonna we're gonna continue with Cat Talk Radio. Maybe talk about Ron Johnson a little bit. I had Sarah Godlewski on the show yesterday. Uh, Senate talk. What else we got? Um, 
got a lot. We got the Wisconsin legislator talk, the never-ending election investigation. We've got Tommy Thompson saying he will resign from the UW system president and that's, position. That's probably from the ski accident, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or or now he's recovered. He needs to go downhill. He, he just wants to go skiing more. He more needs time more time. Yeah, it's downhill skiing season. We should ask yeah. him. It'd be great to have Tommy. Hey, Tommy, I have one question for you. Just call him. Do you have his number? You work uh, at UW. I, I, I can figure it out. Get I the, can get it. Get Joe Gal. Text Joe Gal. See if you can get Tommy Thompson. We're going to ask him one question. Yep. Tommy, are you going to be downhill skiing? And that's why you need this time off. So Yeah. All right. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM 608 785 7914. It's like a. We got the doo doo doos in. Uh, it's like a sneeze now. You can't sneeze anymore, but when you right. sneeze, then. Is it sneeze? No, yawn. Oh, I yeah. I guess we can yeah, yawn. Yeah. Yeah. Those is are yawning con- still? Those okay? are contagious. Is that weird? If you yawning? see someone yawn, then you yawn. But then you like cleared your throat, and I was like, well, now I have to clear my throat. Oh. Uh, 608-785-7914. That's UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski. How long have you been a political science professor? you know? This, I have now been at UWL for three and a half years. Okay. Kind of a young buck then. Yeah. In that. Yeah. Did you, in that, was that your first job? Like as a... Like doctorate, a, you know, graduate. I've graduated. I'm getting into. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I did. I worked through college and high school. Well, and, that I know. I yeah. understand that. But, but, but like, but you like know, a, like a legit career. Real world time. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Like a legit career career. Yep. 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 Did you apply anywhere else? And then you were, you know, I, I did. And I had some interviews and I ended up here. Yeah. I, I. I got an interview at a place in rural North Carolina. I went to the University of North Carolina for my doctorate and had an interview in this place in like the the middle of nowhere mountainous part of North Carolina. Would have been would it have been like comparable to going to UW Superior maybe because that's way up yeah, there kind of yeah. out of the way. Very much an out of the way place. It's called Western Carolina University. It's a really good school, but my goodness is it in the, I mean, this isn't a big town, in, so it's just way. Uh, it's even. I mean, what would the equivalent be? Is like a is like a huge city compared to that place. What would the equivalent be? Like you you like live in Bangor, Platteville, maybe or oh, so that's yeah. not that small. No. Like River Falls, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there? But you said it was in the mountains, so it's probably pretty picturesque. Yeah. So like, a, imagine a very mountainous Platteville. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. North Carolina is nice. I mean, if you if you like humidity. Yeah. But in mountains, I don't know. Maybe it would have been all right there. Then I had an interview that I I could have taken in Jacksonville, Florida. So I could have been Florida man Oh my if goodness. I had done that. Yeah, I heard Jacksonville people are crazy. Yo, my yeah, uncle lived, I heard it's crazy down there in Jacksonville. My uncle lived in Neptune Beach, was just uh, just a couple, probably 40 minutes. It was on the beach on the Atlantic Ocean, but it was probably 40 minutes from Jacksonville. So I've been to Jacksonville quite a few times in my life. Most of that I don't remember because it was just a little kid, you know, going on vacation, not realizing, hey, oh, I'm in Jacksonville because whatever. I'm in Florida is all I cared about and Disney World. I I will note, though, Rick, that my two other opportunities that I had, North Carolina and Florida, would be a heck of a lot warmer than negative two degrees, (laughs) the current temperature. For sure. Yeah, negative 11 hit my uh, little thermometer at home yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, ever work at a like a fast food restaurant, anything like that? Through I never up? worked fast food. I worked a call center. I worked in a dorm. I worked as a research assistant. 
those were kind of my major college jobs. Because there's a story out of Milwaukee today that uh, authorities in Milwaukee say a Burger King employee fired a gun during an attempted robbery attempt. Uh, they're not. It's not clear yet who fired the shots that killed a 16-year-old cashier. So just what? <laughs> like a Burger King employee fired a gun. And also a 16-year-old cashier died. So I don't know if those are the same thing. Yeah. Very confusing. It sounds confusing. And and you know what? After I didn't read the, the back, I'm really sad now that somebody died, like a cashier yeah. at a Burger King. Um, so just like what was going on? So crazy. I was going to I was gonna have more fun with this story, but the cashier was shot. Yeah, killed. sad. So, very sad. Um, so moving on. So we, we got into Cat Talk Radio. I don't know if we ever came to a conclusion there, but I'm having a bird expert on my show, um, a Georgetown uh, in this uh, pretty prominent. I think I'll, I'll just have to Some give pro bird propaganda. What am I going to have to do? Tell him to give me his creds. Is that how sure. his, his pro, uh, what is it called? There's a funky word for it, but I can't think of it anymore, but his credentials, is, you know, tell us why you're so great. Right. I'll have to figure that out at this point. What Cause makes I was you reading... so smart about birds. Yeah. Right. And I'm and such a cat he, hater. I honestly think he is, but it's like, it, you know, like it's hard to like, who, who cares? Right. He's a, he's a, but he's going to be, he's going to be a bird expert. But like, if we go into, because when we talk about releasing feral cats without actually saying, saying the word feral back onto the streets, it's a better, it's better than euthanizing cats in sure. most people's minds because we're just killing cats. But cats are, A, also an invasive species. B, are killing all kinds of wildlife, you know. And people are like, wildlife in the city? Yeah, there's wildlife in the city. And we live in the middle of a woods, so. Well, I think the key here is to control the cat population. Right. The cat population is a major issue because cats produce so many kittens that if left unchecked, the population can just grow exponentially. And we do know that cats do a lot of damage to the bird population. So the more cats you get, the more dangerous it'll be for birds. And if the county is going to take this up too, I thought I saw that the county might take up the same thing. But if we're going to do all this, also we just need to have everybody required that if they're going to have a cat, your cat needs to be spayed or neutered. If you own a cat, anyone, like you have a cat at home. Sure. If you are going to have that, you're going to register it, right? You probably yep. have to register. I know a yep. lot of people probably don't do that. But you're going to have to register that cat and then... Um, you know what? If you want to own a cat in lacrosse, you have to spay or neuter that. I cat. think that's reasonable. Yeah, because because that's... It's, it's just common sense when it comes to having a healthy pet and when it comes to controlling the population. Because the alternative there is you can't let your cat outside. Sure. Like because a lot of people do that. Well, oh, my cat will go outside and play, play, quote unquote, yeah. play, and then it'll come in later. Well, a your cat's going to the neighbor's sandbox and pooping. Right. And then it's going to go kill some birds, and then it's going to come back into the house. That's all it's going to do. And you're like, oh, it went outside to play. No, it went outside to murder, because that's a cat. That's what cats do. Yeah, it's something that at animal rescues, they tend to discourage, right? Like letting your pet outside unsupervised. And, you know, I, I get that. And I think that, you know, whether it's more public education or whether it is some action by city governments, it would be smart to try to do more to control the stray cat population and to try to control the pet population. I also think, Rick, there are some there's some movement in areas around the state to ban declawing of cats. Yeah, that happened in uh, Dane County. I think they're doing that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad idea uh, because it turns out to be very harmful to cats. And honestly, I have no idea that it was so harmful. Mm -hmm. I, I was uninformed about this issue. I think that a lot of people are learning about this issue. And, 
it might be worth considering just to promote better health for cats. It's never been. How a, did we get down this road? No, well, I did because I'm doing cat talk radio. It's, I've never been more passionate more about cat talk radio. It's yeah. one of the things I can easily relate to. Can I relate to Robin Voss like doing an election investigation? Can anyone here relate to that? We can be mad about it because I'm a Democrat or you're a Republican. And we want to be mad about taxpayer money and Michael Gableman's a, a Trump supporter who's going after an election investigation in Wisconsin. But we don't know anything about that. And A, because Gableman doesn't tell us because it's a secret investigation funded by the public. So it should it be secret. And then B, like we just we're, we, we I think a lot of us understand that it's just politics. We're get, heading into a, a voting year, an election year. Um, but it sounds like a new a new Voss, new me here this year. New Voss, new me. Is that how I uh, do? I do that right? I, I, new year, new Voss. New year, new Voss. New there year, new Voss. Like wrong. he's finally putting his foot down and saying, "Michael Gableman, finish this investigation." I mean, we've been talking for a while about how the end of 2020 uh, de- 21 deadline was a joke that this investigation into the election was never going to be finished by the end of 2021 it was going to go on and on and on because you have Gableman who is taking his time who's following all of these different trails of inquiry you have Gableman who has kind of a plank check more or less to hire the people he wants to do what he wants when it comes to this investigation so so uh, I think this thing needs to come in for a landing somehow, some way. Why would Voss do this now? It's 2022 and he's in up for election? Because part of me is like, no, Voss is in a district probably that's fairly Republican, right? Um, he, can't, yeah. he can gerrymander his district too, right? Oh, yeah, like he's those, safe. Yep. And so perpetuating an election investigation to go on until Biden is up for re-election, so to speak, is, is kind of the, the intent. I think the way Voss wants to bring this in for a landing is to get Gableman's report, get suggestions from Gableman based on the report about changes to the election laws that may might be made, and then to introduce those potential changes in the legislature. And, and heading into his election. Exactly. Look what I'm doing for you. Indeed. Because Voss needs to get his party to chill when it comes to the 2020 election because Voss wants to focus on 2022. I was just going to say because it's two years. Exactly. And, and, And I think the way Voss is gaming this out is that Obviously, he's not going to find evidence that the election was fraudulent, but he's going to get some ideas from Gableman. We will have the chance to debate if these are good ideas or bad ideas. We'll have the chance to debate the evidence that Gableman is using if and when the report ever comes out. Right, um, because we've already have suggestions you're you're pretty adamant the audit, on the audit bureau yep. sent us suggestions and we can take a look at those and a but lot of them are really good has anyone taken a look at those i don't ever see voss or or Lemihue or anyone else going hey look at this we should i mean some of them i guess maybe a couple uh, a lot of the audit bureau's suggestions i thought were totally reasonable in terms of improving election administration and that's the goal here right not to prove that the election was fraudulent because you're going to be looking for a really long time you got to maybe bring the cyber ninjas in if well, you want to get evidence because, of that it's weird because voss is you know he I think there was that article 700 times uh, Republicans. Was it a Minnesota article? Republicans of Minnesota 
refuse to say if the election was rigged or whatever. Right. Voss, the same deal, right? Like you ask him and he won't directly say, yeah, Biden won the election. It was totally fair. You don't say they, they just kind of skate that thing. And- it, it, it's unfortunate because Voss knows better. He knows that Biden won the election fair and square. Robin Voss is a smart enough guy, a shrewd enough guy to know that. But he's just not leveling with the people when it comes to his knowledge about the election. He's trying to placate the base, satisfy the base of his party by having this election that investigation that kind of goes on and on and on. Eventually, he's going to have to bring it in for a landing. We've been wondering how it would be bought in for a landing, and I think it's going to be bought into a landing through these new legislative proposals based on the Gableman investigation. And Voss's uh, campaign slogan going into the election this year will be New Year, New, new Voss, New... New I, Year, New Voss. New Year, New Voss. I brought, I made it up in the break, and then I couldn't I couldn't send, yeah. bring it home. You had to bring it home for me. All right, Brad's got to do the news again. Tchaikovsky's favorite Scott's comic coming up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914, the talk and text line. You want to get in here? 608 785 7914, UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski in here. I think we've we've capped the Cat Talk radio, so we'll move beyond that. We've, I, I'm done with Robin Voss and election investigations. The irony there where I'm like, I don't even understand it, or it's hard to relate to because Cat Talk, relate to, relatable. Sure. Bad cats. Bob and Voss, whatever he's thinking. Election investigation. Let's move on to something even more unrelatable. Senator Ron Johnson. He's running. He's running for Senate again. Third apparently. term. He and and that is notable, by the way, Rick, because he initially said when he ran for Senate that he would only serve two terms. Mm-hmm. Now we hear that he's going to run for a third term. He's rationalizing it by saying that, well, he didn't know how bad things were going to get. He didn't know how awful the Biden administration and how terrible the Democrats in Congress were going to be. So, well, he just has no choice but to run for a third term. But this means that now we have a much clearer idea of what the future holds for this Senate election in Wisconsin. It's kind of funny because other people use that same excuse to get out of Congress. Like, oh, my God, it's so bad. And that I, is the irony here. I mean, I mean, and there's been a lot of those people leaving Congress saying, I can't stand this place. It's so horrible. People hate each other here. Nothing gets done. It's nasty. It's a hostile work environment, like Ron Kine said. So a lot of people are leaving Congress by justifying their decision saying it's so horrible there and ron johnson is trying to go the other way saying well i have to break my two-term promise because i i got i just gotta go back i've got to save america yeah you you could do it every time you could do it every year of every election and he's not the first person by the way to break the term limit promise there are no term limits for congress we can debate if there should be but there aren't any. Many people run for Congress by self-imposing a term limit, and many people then proceed to break that promise. So he's not the first to do yeah, this. They, they run for Congress because they want to save America and do things for their constituents. Then they get in there and become part of the deep state, and they can't leave because of all the benefits they get. Yeah, I, I, they just come become used to I just throw deep state in there. <laughs> just, just throw in deep state because of how it sounds, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And... and this 
has appeal to voters because voters love term limits. Term limits poll extremely well. Term limits are very popular. So running on the idea that, hey, I'm for term limits and I'm going to set an example by imposing term limits on myself. Well, that plays really well with voters, but it isn't necessarily something that politicians always stick to. I mean, when Ron Kind first ran in 1996 or seven, look whatever. Look at Ron Kind. I mean, he could have said this, too. He'd be like, you know what? I'm going to set a term limit. It's 13 terms, and I'm out. Sure. <laughs> I'll be here for 26 years. I'll, 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 I will be here for no more than three decades. No more than a quarter century, <laughs> yeah. and then I am gone. Yep. Um, with Ron Kine retiring, do you think Do you think it was that? It was just like, wow, this is getting too nasty. I'm good. Like, I, I, I can retire. Like, I don't need to be part of this anymore. There is an interesting article today in the Daily Beast about how there used to be friendships across party lines. We call it decorum. No? No. They no. called them frenemies in the article. Oh, like, <laughs> like they're The en- Daily Beast. They're yeah, enemies yeah. in the sense that they're from different parties, but yeah. they're friends in the sense that they can grab a beer, they can play golf together. That's they what can... me and Mike Hayes are. We're frenemies. Y- you're frenemies. Yeah. But now they're just straight up enemies. Yeah. Congress, like the friend part is over. They're just enemies. They hate each other. Yeah. And who would want to be in that environment unless you're just a very hostile person who enjoys having enemies? Yeah, I would say I would honestly I would say Derek Van Orden's campaign strategy is to kind of go after Ron Kine. That was that's how he did it. And I want to say that Ron Kine's campaign strategy last election was kind of kick put his feet up on the desk and say, you know, I'm bipartisan. This is this I'm old school. I'm going to do it this way. And I'm not going to – he didn't he, – I don't think Ron kind of attacked Aaron Grant Orton very, very hard. I just feel like he said, you know, if I lose this election, I'm going to lose this election. And then, and then he won, and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to retire now. I've been getting a lot of questions from the national media about Derek Van Orden. There's a lot of curiosity about this guy because they are wondering with the anniversary of January 6th. They're wondering about him. We know that he was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. We don't know – precisely what happened. We know his account of events. We know that there is some issues with him using campaign money to be there. There's a lot that we don't necessarily know about that whole situation. So there's a lot of curiosity nationally about this guy. He was on Facebook Live recording at the Capitol. You know, he wasn't in the Capitol, but he was at the Capitol during that whole insurrection or whatever you want to call it. And then he deleted those videos. So, like, and Rick, I'll, I'll just add. You know, I was talking to a reporter from CBS News National, and one reason for their curiosity is that they called Derek Van Orden, tried to get some information from him, and he would not comment. Mm-hmm. So that only increased their curiosity. It's like, well, he's not saying anything. Like, wonder if there's something there. And I don't know if there's something there. But Derek Van Orden is not someone who likes to speak to certain press outlets. Mm-hmm. And that has just added to the intrigue, I think, of this whole situation. Yeah. How? Okay. Let's just go. Like, let's just say it was a giant conspiracy. Like Trump was ordering Congress. Let's just say it. Would it? Would any of that ever come out? Like, would it? Maybe decades later, would it be like a JFK assassination situation where they? I don't want to say cover it up, but don't. I don't. I guess kind of cover it up, right? Well, the interesting thing about the January six commission with Liz Cheney and the other figures—we don't know anyone else. It's Liz Cheney yeah, it's and them Liz boys. Liz Cheney that's how we and do that. other people. Yeah. 
Um, they apparently have a pretty comprehensive accounting of what Donald Trump was doing minute by minute on January 6th. I think that's a pretty key piece to the puzzle, to know exactly what Donald Trump knew, what he was doing at exact moments on January 6th. So in terms of adding to the historical record, I do think that the commission is going to play a pretty key role. But you're right, Rick. A lot of this isn't going to come out until 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. And uh, the the idea that the commission knows what Donald Trump knew minute by minute is funny to me because I don't think Donald Trump knows what he's going to do. That's the that's kind of the facade he portrays a little bit. That's why a lot of people like Donald Trump because he kind of just makes things up as he goes. He's not a polished, rehearsed politician. He doesn't speak the sort of talking points, memorize speeches that are so common in Washington. So his improvisational approach is very much what draws a lot of people to him, but it also seems to be the approach that he took on January 6th. So you think. So, they so think. we think. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, me, it's like me playing volleyball. When I, when I jump up to hit the ball and then I find a hole in the defense, I'm like, good shot, Rick. Good, good placement. I'd be like, I, I didn't try that. I just tried to hit the I ball. Just, I, I totally meant to place it right there. I do say that a lot. Yeah. And then I laugh. Exactly as planned. And everyone laughs. Um, okay, so we've got Senator Ron Johnson out of the way. We've got uh, we've got Robin Voss out of the way. We, I mean, we did a little bit of, of uh, Tommy Thompson talk. Yeah, I, I'm really sad about that news. Well, he's an old man. I, I know he's an old man. Why, he, he wasn't going to be this permanent job. I, I wish he was 10 years younger so he could just stick around for a while because, frankly— he's, he's the old-school Republican who—he's your friend of me. I or my friend of me. Uh, hey, I, 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 am, I wish I was a friend, not even a friend of me. I wish I was a friend of Tommy Thompson. I don't know he if He seems like an awesome guy well, to go out and have a beer with. Well, he's one of them guys, and I have a couple of friends like this who are uber, uberly uh, positive, uber positive all the time, just sure. positive all the time. Those are the people that I think are like postal workers. They're going to snap at some point because I'm like, you cannot be this positive all the time. You are going to blow up. You're going to blow up. It can't be happy talk all the time. Um, yeah, one of my friends that was happy all the time, he rode a cart. Rode, you know how you ride the cart out of the grocery store? You jump on the back and uh, fell off the cart and then blew out his knee. And I was like, there it was. I wonder how positive you were for that, I kind of thought. Um, all right, we're going to take another break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I need to do this to end the show. Like, if this is too early for this because the show's not ending. A little ho, hey, hey, ho. Yeah. Lumineers. Um, so, the Lumineers, they were up and coming. They were playing at a bar in Madison. This is years ago. And I had, my friend was like, we should go see this band. They're just, and it was at like a 50 person bar, you know? So I'm like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's go. We'll go check them out. She's like, okay, we'll get tickets, you know, before we go to the show. We'll just order them online, and then we go to order them, and they're sold out. And it's it's, but that's way before they're even. But it's Madison, so Madison's going to be in on this grunge rock. Oh, they're this, go, they're going to be in on it before everyone else. Yeah, they were way before because then a year later, the Lumineers, the biggest band in the history of the world. Yep. Like, not maybe not the history of the world, but they were the biggest band at the time. I would say. I remember them song. doing the Target Center in Minneapolis, so they definitely moved their way up. From yeah, the for sure. Tiny bar in Madison. So I always, every time I hear a Lumineers song, I'm like, oh, I could have saw them when they were, because that's the that's the goal is to see the band when they're just you know 
a couple of people. Sure. And not a couple of people. When only a couple of people care or know or just like their music. So. Well, then you can say I I knew them before they were popular. Yeah, and then I wanted to, but then I my only story is I almost knew them, but they sold out of a bar for fifty people. Um. All right. So there. I feel like are we just getting bombarded with? Uh, this seems like the last two days we got bombarded with news. Remember last week when we ended the show, I made you recap because we had a Friday news dump, and it's it's four. We did have it's four fifty two right now. Yeah, and yeah. that was an important news dump. And in fact, I went home. This is the whole key to these news dumps that I went home because it's Friday. Did my thing, uh, unwound, and then it wasn't until like Sunday night because Sunday night is the work week for me. I got to start working on Sunday night again. And I was like, you know what? Chergosky gave me that Friday news stuff. It told so I had to go like I had to really scroll down and figure out where this and I think it was, yeah, a week ago it was like New Year's weekend. So it was a Friday news dump on New Year's weekend. It was the so, Gableman subpoena. So I had to really like I it was buried. So I had to yeah. find the story and then kinda like, okay, is this still relevant now? Because then the Gableman news all week, every every day there's a new update. Oh, the Green it, Bay mayor wants it, Gableman. It's exhausting. What is the Green Bay mayor wants to – I mean, this I, I is – I love this idea, by the way. I, I mean, I don't know if the Green Bay mayor is justified here, but I just love that he's requesting this. Well, Michael Gableman has, is, is leading the investigation, the, the Republican investigation into the 2020 election, which is going to keep getting more ridiculous. Is it, you know, it's 2026 now, and we're investigating 2020. But he's, he's leading. He's a former Supreme Court judge, a Trump supporter, leading a, not a bipartisan investigation. And he has he said that the mayor of Madison should be jailed and also Green Bay? Right <laughs> or not? Bay, yes. He should. Right. Okay. So that's part of this. Is he's he said if the Green Bay mayor doesn't agree with the things that I'm requesting, you need to go to jail. And here's how the mayor of Green Bay responded. This is from a article earlier this week in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. A lawyer for Green Bay's mayor asked a judge to force former state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman to take out full-page newspaper ads for character mischaracterizing how the mayor has responded to Gableman's partisan review of the 2020 election. Who thinks of this stuff? You love this because it's what? It's, I don't understand it's it. It's wacky. I like it. It's it's very old wacky. Like old nobody's taking out newspaper ads. What? And newspaper ads. A full ad. page newspaper ad. Well, how many newspapers are they selling in Green Bay? I guess probably a lot cuz there's still a lot of Packer fans and they want their Packer news. <laughs> but I mean, and full it would be funny at what point in time do we transist from this? You need to take out a full pop-up ad on the Green Bay Press Gazette website. You need to take out – so when you open wisdomnews.com, this doesn't happen. We don't do this. You, you, can't, you can't immediately read the news. You have to, A, close the pop-up window. That, and then when you scroll, you have to scroll down past the other ad behind that pop-up window because yep. there's going to be another ad. And then when you click the story, you want to read about the Green Bay mayor you know, demanding a, that he get an ad in the paper. You click that story, and then you got to answer a Google survey – and then if you, but if you scroll down, secret hint here, you can scroll down and hit the skip survey button. You don't have to answer those questions from Google. Skip survey, now I can read the answer. So when will the Green Bay Press Gazette or when will the Green Bay mayor demand that Michael Gableman take out three full pop-up <laughs> link ads in front of the news website? When you go to this Green Bay City page, I want you to take out a pop-up ad. <laughs> 
Like, we haven't done this yet. I love it. I think that this should be how we resolve conflicts from now on. Like, if someone is found to be in the wrong, then they have to pay for advertisements apologizing. Yeah, and they pop up all the like they'll and they constantly they end pop up. up. You're 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 scrolling through your Instagram stories, and every other Instagram story you scroll through is a Gableman pop up ad apologizing. Gableman. I'm sorry, Mayor of Green Bay. <laughs> Genrich, I think his name. Genrich. Genrich. Yeah. Uh, uh, a younger guy too, so I wouldn't think he would be a newspaper guy. So I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know, but I just think this is a fantastic idea for resolving conflicts in modern society. I was trying to come up with some. I'm always brainstorming on how we can level the playing field. With this is a little bit out of the blue here, but uh, political donations, like how we. Mm-hmm. In my my joking idea, and I think it should be. I think it's a good idea. Is everyone only gets to donate fifteen dollars to a candidate. But, um, you know, like taking out ads when candidates can take out ads. I mean, that's just playing into, well, where did you get that money? So um, candidates shouldn't should also not be able to spend any of their own money on themselves. You can only spend the fifteen dollars. I'm just laughing to myself at the possibility that this bold Gableman investigation, we're going to uncover the truth about the election. We're going to figure out all the problems with this election. And it ends in him apologizing to the mayor of Green Bay in a full page ad in the newspaper. In a newspaper ad. And then what? And then what? Um, also, like he's going to have to have some restitution for the Madison mayor. What sure. would a Madison mayor, so the hippie culture of Madison, make him do like you need you do to do like a, a mural on a side of a building that says i'm sorry mayor of madison <laughs> for lying about you <laughs> have some artist some local artist has to paint it now would like the paint- a tie-dye type trippy mural or something <laughs> or or he has to he has to work you know at some uh you know green some some farm like organic shop. yeah something like that all organic coffee shop or something like that you have to go and work community service there or something I that's don't know. madison community service i just don't understand there are no consequences to this stuff we're no, spending a million no. dollars uh not me well i guess i i, I work in wisconsin so we're spending a million dollars on a, a, a bogus investigation how much you want to bet he blows through this new deadline that Voss has set Below, well, well I, I don't know. I get. I guess because Voss the January, wants it done by the end of January, I'll believe it when I see it. This will be like cramming for the test. It like will he's going to be like, oh boy, yeah. because he's requesting millions upon millions of documents. That's why the mayors are like, or the a lot of the election clerks are like, you do realize you just requested like twenty seven million pages of information. My jaw dropped when I heard his request from the Wisconsin Elections Commission. He was asking for hundreds of millions of data points on elections, voters, and voter registration. So then what does he do? Does he go through it line by line? Anyway, we gotta go. Thanks everybody for listening. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts.